Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Uh, well, I'm glad about the COVID restrictions <laughs> being lifted eventually. I'm glad that um, Omicron maybe does seem... I was just thinking, Bruce... Omicron's come, and usually when when the previous variant goes, there's already this other one kind of looming on the horizon in some other country, you know, like we've heard about it and it's going to come our way. It doesn't seem like that's happening right now. So I, I'm just fingers crossed. I'm just I'm just hoping beyond all hope that this is the this is the end game. So so that's been on my mind all day. Like, um, but uh, in terms of the game tonight, frack, what a shit show. <sighs> Not uh, that was really that you know the so the orders lost four nothing to the Vegas Golden Knights, and um, eighteen to twelve on grade A shots uh, for the Oilers. For the for the Knights. You mean for the Knights? Oh. Started out okay the game and and you know at some point in the game you could have said well the the Knights are just getting better puck luck better breaks, but they just dominated the game as it went along and. And it got increasingly frustrating to watch that game as a result. I found the Oilers' effort um, in the second and third periods to be really lacking, not to mention their execution. So, how are you? Well, I'm pretty bummed out by that game. Yeah. You know, I mean, it started out, they weren't ready for the start of the drop of the puck, and they never got a whole lot more ready from uh, from there. Just uh, went sideways right from the first shift, and uh, a little bit of push uh, at times, but uh, no no finish and not a lot of composure around the net, David, and the offensive zone, and the defensive play to my eye was atrocious in this game, like seriously terrible. One of the worst defensive efforts of the year. <laughs> yeah, just easily one of the worst, and we'll get to that. So we're gonna do our. Two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. Hard to come up with good things today, today, Bruce, but what is your good thing? My good thing is LB, Laurent Brossois, coming into his uh, former haunts and uh, uh, sticking it to his old team with a 4 nothing shutout. Boy, that's got to taste sweet for, for LB, who, uh, of course, was a former oiler and an oil king before that, and uh, who... Um, uh, was essentially uh, shunned by Todd McClellan during the 2017-18 season when Cam Talbot got hurt. He came in, he played some good games, some not-so-good games. And when Talbot came back, Talbot started the next 17 games in a row because uh, uh, McClellan didn't have time uh, for his young backup, uh, which was foolishness in, ter uh, in terms of how he hardy rode Talbot, and it was foolishness in how he lost LB. And, in fact, the Oilers did lose LB that summer as a group six free agent because he played three games, not enough for the Oilers to keep him around. And of course, he uh, had seen enough of, uh, of Edmonton by then. So uh, I've, I've been a fan of him since he was an oil king. So, you know, you got to find your small victories where they are. And the young guy coming in and, and putting the big goose egg on the on the board at Rogers Place, pretty sweet for him. And he played well. I mean, he was the first star. So uh, I'm going to give him my good thing couple big moments in the first period with with uh Laurent Brossois. Um the first one comes when um 
Vegas turns over the puck, it goes to Ryan McLeod, who puts it down low to Leon Dreisaitl, and it's just Dreisaitl and Cassian in front of the net. And uh, Leon puts it over to Cassian, and Cassian can't score. He can't drain it. And he doesn't actually get off that bad a shot. He raised the puck. He got the puck off quickly, and he raised it. And Brassois made a fantastic save. Um, then the next moment comes. The others were just down one nothing when that happened. If they had tied it, you know, then then we got a game. Of course, Vegas gets up two nothing, but there's still a moment just late in the in the period where um, uh, Derek Ryan puts a sh- puts in a shot, uh, pass shot into the crease, and it goes to. Um, Arcee, does he oh, just pass it? Did he pass oh, it to Shore? He shot it from an angle, and the rebound went to Shore. To Shore, and that's Fogel, right. And they, they credited the shot to Fogel. It was a, they were jamming around. They could have got one there. But I thought it was Shore that put it off the crossbar. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, it was Shore. That was from a play from behind the net. Yes. Yeah, that, that was that was a pass. No, we're talking about different plays. Yeah. So yeah, that was the pass, and it was a nice pass, and it, just a fantastic shot by Devin Shore, like a one-timer backhand shot, I think. Mm-hmm. And it goes off the crossbar, and that's the game. I mean, the Oilers need to—they needed to score at least on one of those, and they were unable to do so. And and it didn't get any better after that. I'll go with a good thing of um, Duncan Keith. And I was struggling to think of any good things, but I, I saw Keith good tonight. I thought he was moving well, passing the puck well, um, generally defending better. <laughs> it's not saying a whole heck of a lot, Bruce. Better than the other defensemen out there. Um, yeah, I, I think he, he, I think he's starting to play a pretty strong game and, and I liked his overall play. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with him. Bad thing, Bruce. Yeah, bad thing. We're doing one, right? Uh, okay. I'm going to just pick on, uh, defensive play. Well, by the whole team, but I'm particularly going to talk about defensemen. And I thought Three of them were pretty atrocious tonight uh, in their own zone, and that would be the pairing of Darnell Nurse with Evan Bouchard, and then uh, the uh, couple of uh, very major mistakes by Tyson Berry uh, that both led to goals against. But the, the pairing of, uh, I mean, the very start of the game, David, first shift, Evan Bouchard passes the puck right into his own slot to. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, Mark Stone, that guy who quickly wheels and fires what I saw as a tricky. Uh, I mean, you want your goalie to make the save, but you you want your goalie not to have to make that save 12 seconds into his first game in a month, be facing an op- opposing star one-timing a giveaway from 10 feet away. And then 10 seconds later, both uh, Nurse and, and uh, Bouchard were beaten for another grade A chance from in, in close, and the goalie had their back that time, and it just spiraled downhill from there. And it was, uh, I mean, that pairing, uh, we've got Nurse in this game uh, involved in zero uh, grade A shots for the Oilers and six uh, for, uh, for Vegas, uh, including two that wound up in the net where, where we had him uh, as one of the culprits, and there was multiple culprits, of course, on almost all of the goals. But uh, uh, he was just way out of sorts. David Nurse in this game had six shot attempts, and all of them were blocked. He didn't get a single shot on net. Every shot that he took was blocked. And there was one where he fired, and it went over the net from close range. I guess they're saying a defenseman tipped that over the net, and it went around, and Vegas came down the other way and scored. 
but just more generally, uh, I don't know even how you would count odd man rushes in this game, but there were so many plays where the Vegas forward had an advantage on the Oilers defenseman who was scrambling to try and cover the guy. And sometimes it would be a two-on-one or you know, an obvious odd man rush. And other times it would be like, you know, sort of equal manpower, but not an even situation because the guy was going wide and ducking around the defenseman and going in on Mike Smith and crashing into Mike Smith, which happened several times. And uh, there was, uh, uh, I just thought that the defense compared to Las Vegas defense and, the, you know, the maturity shown by their guys. And, I mean, they're not all all uh, old players either. I mean, Dylan Coughlin is 23 years old and uh, and he looked all right. But they were getting in the lanes. They weren't giving away any odd man rushes. I don't think you could find one that the Oilers had in this game. They were, you know, blocking shots. They were getting right on the puck carriers. And, and you know, the the difference in quality between the defensive games of the two teams were was was shocking. And then just Tyson Berry on the power play. He fires a one-time slap shot that gets blocked. The guy jumps on it for a breakaway, and Barry can't even keep up with the second guy, who just zooms right by him. I, I, I don't think I ever realized quite how slow Tyson Barry is until I saw this play where William Carlson started from like five feet behind him at the Edmonton Blue or at the Vegas Blue Line, and he wound up ten feet in front of him, putting the puck in the net at the other end of the ice. It was just a total mismatch. And then the third goal, where after Nurse missed the shot and the puck kind of came careening around into the neutral zone. And yeah, it was odd. The orders had three defensemen on the ice because CeCe had just come out of the penalty box. Nurse jumped up into the rush. CeCe mm-hmm. didn't really cover for Nurse. And Barry was the only guy back. And he had an easy play to make. He just had to decide to stop, step up, and play the puck because it was coming right to him. And he backed off and he backed off. And then he tried to reach out and while he was backing away from it, play the puck, and he just tapped it sideways right to the Vegas guy. And they were gone and in and scored. And it was just poor decision followed by poor execution. And that is always a recipe for disaster. Just endless this game. It was just one thing after another. Oh, man. Yeah, Bruce. I just, like, I'm just going to build on what you're saying. Because I just think, you know, when you think about, like, I was talking the other day about what a weird team the orders are. and And maybe they're not. Maybe really they're just a crappy defensive hockey team. And, you know, with weak goaltending. Cer- certainly how I'm left feeling after tonight's game. You know, just a just a team that doesn't really fundamentally commit to defensive hockey. To, to making that job one, uh, or job two at least. Maybe job one. It's just not there. And I, I actually thought the fourth Vegas goal kind of epitomized that. Mm-hmm. Because it had... <laughs> Kind of all the, you know, it, it, Bouchard had a little bit of back, bad luck because the puck kind of deflected off him. But then he's kind of spinning around and he's lost the play and his back's to the play and he's out of it. And we see that a lot too much. You know, he's a rookie, right? So it's kind of expected from Bouchard it's going to happen now and then. Then we, But then, you know, the puck's moving around down low and Nurse is on his belly trying to stop it. And it kind of goes past him once or twice too. And you get the feeling if he'd only been on his feet, for a couple of those moments, he would have been able to stop one of those passes, stop the pass, but he wasn't on his feet. So the the pass goes from low to high. 
uh, to the guy in the slot who gets off a free shot because, you know, Connor McDavid is puck watching, essentially, and slow on the back check. His head isn't on a swivel. He's not looking at who's coming in, who he might be on, and he misses the guy. So these are three of the best players on the team, two of the very best players on the team, you know, the, the captain and the assistant captain. And, you know, there's lots of reasons the Oilers aren't a good team. And and people are, and I am hesitant and reluctant to ever criticize McDavid and Drysaddle and Nurse, you know, for their overall play, because they are such fantastic players in a lot of ways. But if I'm completely honest, Bruce, they've all got to pull up their socks on defense. They've got to do a better job um, individually, the three leaders on the team and collectively as a team, just in tightening up defensively in maybe going through a streak of 10, 15 games where you make that job one, where that's all you're really thinking about. And you're thinking, we'll, we'll have the offense come as it may, but we are not, you know, I personally am not giving up a grade A shot. Like that's not happening when I'm on the ice, even if it means playing a little bit more conservatively. Would that make sense? Is that crazy talk, Bruce? <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of one and done and the puck flying the other way and the other team that plays bend, don't break, and then counterattack and, you know, skate hard. And boy, does that create, seems like a ton of open ice and a ton of headaches for Edmonton defensively. Like they, they're, they're, they seem to be scrambling defensively a lot. Yeah, yeah. Talented team, right? Like an exciting oh, yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Very interesting wow. team. Roller coaster of a team. Car mm-hmm. crash of a team. You know, they're, they're, it's an interesting squad, but I just think it doesn't seem like a Dave Tippett team, like in terms of the way they defend or play hockey even. Um, I don't know what he thinks about it. He's always pretty positive. <laughs> but um, it's just starting to... Like if you, if you know you when you connect the dots, it's there's goaltending, but there's it's more than goaltending. It would have been nice for Mike Smith to make some saves, you know, yeah. on some of these grade A shots, but there were mm-hmm. there were 18 of them, and yeah. um, you're yeah, only going to stop. We made some saves later in the game. I, yeah, I had a couple in the first minute, and uh, TV commenters were talking about how you know how good he would looked in the first period making. Uh, four saves out of six shots and I'm thinking yeah well that one that went through the five hole from 33 feet out didn't look that great to me and sure it was you know it was on a rush and stuff but we called it a grade a shot but you need to save on three quarters of those shots and they needed to save on that one yeah so yeah the the whole defensive aspect of their game from the goalie on out is not clicking it's not and and um, I, I think for the last, in, in, in the entire losing streak, yeah. and I don't know, was it papered over by a great power play early on? I, I, I can't, I don't, I'm not so sure about that. It just seems to be deteriorating a little bit. Okay, uh, Bruce, what is your number? Yeah, okay, I think we're going to go with this one. This is uh, Edmonton's last 11 home games. Uh, number of goals scored, one, one, two, one, one, five, four, that's pretty good, zero, five. Two, zero, and so they've been held to one goal or none in six of their last eleven home games, to two goals or fewer in eight of their last eleven. This is a team that's supposedly built around its offense. They can't score in their home ice, and they routinely have you know good NHL teams 
come in here and thump the orders. Minnesota 4-1, Carolina 3-1, Toronto 5-1, Florida 6-0, Vegas 4-0. I mean, they're getting spanked consistently on their home ice. And, you know, by lopsided scores where they don't score much themselves. And they did, they did win, you know, they beat Nashville in the shootout. They beat Calgary uh, in a game where they got badly outplayed. But, they you know, they got a goalie win that night. But it's year after year, David, where it seems like the home games, the Oilers roll out the welcome mat for a chunk of the season. And, and it's get, it's gotten old. I'm getting old. <laughs> I thought my dotage, I might finally see this team turn it around with these, you know, superstar players that they have. And right now, even those guys are not really getting much done. I mean, those the offense is on them, right? I mean, yeah. they haven't scored much in those games because nobody scored much in those games. Well, that's this is related to my number, Bruce, which is about yeah. the power plan. I just wanted to look at the splits. So, yeah, my number, my number is first and first overall and twenty third overall. So in the in the first 22 games that they played, the Oilers were first mm-hmm. overall in the NHL. They had a power play percentage of about 35. percent In in this in these last 21 games, they're 23rd in the league for that for that period for the Oilers, 23rd overall, and they're clipping on about 18. percent So they scored 24 goals in the first 22 games, and they've scored nine in the last 21. And um, it's mediocre power play. It's so unexpected. Yeah. It really, that truly is. And mm-hmm. I know power plays, people say they're finicky and you can go up and down, but come on. The talent on this power play, um, yeah. it's, it is immense. And I, I know that there's been some frustration because they're getting slightly fewer power plays chances per game. Mm-hmm. Not tonight though. They got quite a few tonight. And they went minus one for three in tonight's game. So I keep track yeah. of net power play goals. And of course they gave up a shorty. Yeah. And they got four shots and by the last power play. They couldn't even generate a shot. And Vegas only had one power play. We, we know uh, from when I dug into these numbers recently that there's a correlation between dry settle getting off the one, his executioner shot, his one timer shot. And power play success. And the other other teams are taking that away. They are taking that away. And the owners haven't really been able to find a go-to scoring a play um, since they took that away. So that's that's an interesting thing. What what could they try that they're not doing now? And I don't think you want to move dry side a lot of that spot because they really do have to cover it. You know, I was hoping that with Bouchard on the point and him being able to shoot, that, that might be the solution. Hasn't really been yet. Might be, eventually. Hasn't been yet. Um, it le- looks like McDavid and, and Nuge are going to have to find a way to score from the other side a little bit more. And the guy in front. Work some plays with the guy in front. Maybe focus on that a little bit. Setting up the guy, the low man, Kane, or pull the RV. Or Hyman, who's ever down there, like, you know, think about that. Um, because it's they're not getting that great chance, uh, the crossing pass to dry settle for his shot. And uh, they're not th- figuring out anything else to do. Well, Leon's got 13 power play goals on the season, leads the team by a wide margin. But all 13 of those goals came in the first 25 games. <clears throat> in the last 18 games, Bupkis, like not even one. 
And I mean, I'm wow. not going to say that's all Leon's fault, but I will say no. that the, the power play has has crumbled and they have not come up with alternate solutions. Teams have found out ways to uh, 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 to take away that passing lane or that sh- that shot, and the Oilers are not finding other ways to beat them. You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who I wrote very kind things about today and rewarded me by going minus three tonight. Uh, he has zero power play goals on the season, 15 assists, zero goals. So, I mean, he's contributing to the offense, but he's not an alternative finisher because he hasn't been finishing at all. McDavid yeah. He recently broke out of, I think it was a 22-game slump for McDavid with between power play goals. And it, it's it's kind of mind-boggling because, I mean, this isn't just they were hot for the first two months of the season. David, they've been hot for three years. I, I know, Bruce. I'm not seeing, like with McDavid, you know, in my mind's eye, uh, when the power play was going good, he was everywhere making plays. Skating. Mm-hmm. Skating. And I don't know if that stopped. I'm not sure that it has. Maybe he got maybe he got sick and it that slowed down or just got tired for a while. But I think he st- still might be trying to do that. But I think they might be playing him super tight, getting on him as well. And maybe, maybe this is it. Like it's... Maybe they have to go to a bit more of a passing game. We did see one sequence there in tonight's game where they were suddenly flashing the puck around, you know, darting, you know, one dart after another. And maybe that's, maybe that's it. That, that what worked with McDavid moving ever with the puck on his stick. Well, they're, they're, they know that's going to happen now. And they're, they're, they're looking for him to go over and then set up dry settle. And they're taking that away. Whereas really it has to be a bit maybe less of a two-man game and more of a five-man game on the power play. I don't know. I haven't looked at the hours of, you know, you'd have to go back and look at the power play, all of this video, and think hard about it um, to come up with solutions. So um, I'm not saying I have any, but just trying to, on the fly, you know, the one thing we're noticing, and both, you know, him not getting off that executioner shot and him not scoring, like you say, in, in these recent games is indicative of something. And it's a pretty obvious that they're taking that away. But how are, how, how are they doing that? And what could the Oilers, usually when a team takes something away, you can take back something on the power play. They got to give up something else. So what can they take <clears throat> advantage of if they're overplaying Dreisaitl? Well, maybe it's going to have to be Nugent Hopkins setting up Pugliarvi on the other side. Or maybe moving Bouchard down to that half wall so he can shoot off the half wall, have Nuge at the point, or or something else. Like, I'm not sure, but um, it ain't working now too well. No. Nope. They got one last game against uh, Washington on their only chance. Uh, but otherwise, they're like one for 15, counting that goal, the McDavid goal in Washington. They're one for 15 in their last six or so games. Bouchard yeah. got two against Calgary in his first game on the point. Since then, they've had 15 power plays and produced a one goal. And they've been winning those games. I mean, this team came into tonight yes. on a 5-0-1 run. I mean, let's not forget there were, you know, there was some considerable momentum going, but during this five-day layoff, all of it left the building. <laughs> and the fact is, they just can't afford to be. You know, I guess the fear is, oh, this is going to be another losing streak. Like, they look horrible. They're going to go on another losing streak. I mean, that's my fear. I'm uh, just speaking for myself. Find out tomorrow. Yeah, right so away. let's... They've got to right bounce right back. Away. They've got it. They 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 can't... You know, they were, they were a bit lucky against Washington to, to get the win, but that's... You're going to get some lucky wins now and then. But they've got to play better. 
Um, and they seem to have quite a bit of talent, Bruce. Like, I'm not – like, there are some guys that can play. Ryan McLeod's looking good. Evander Kane's looking good. Like, you know, you pointed out he had, I think, 10 shots and five hits. 10 shot attempts, yeah. Five yeah, on 10 net, shot five hits. So, you know, they've got some pieces here. they got Mike Smith back. Maybe he will not get injured again. But they can't – can't have games like this. This was this was really bad. Devin Shore tonight, he ran an opponent into Mike Smith for the second time this year. It was Shore who took the Anaheim player into Smith in game three that caused the first time he was taken out. And he was just coming back hard on his check, but holy moly. You know, you're supposed to be protecting your goalie, not running guys into him. The one other thing I didn't like that game was the coach having Cassian on Dreisaitl's line. I just, I mean, we've we've seen Zach Cassian now in a top six role for a long time, and it's just, it doesn't work. It's not happening. Stop trying to make Cass happen, like in that in that role, coach. Stat, stat sheet says he has three shots and seven hits, but I bet your our count of grade A shots doesn't include much by Cassian. And I know well, Dreisaitl said him, oh yeah, he had that one on the three-way passing play. Yeah. And then... Drysaddle set him up right in the slot, and it was like he froze. It was like, shoot the darn puck, man. And he froze and tried to look for a play. And, you know, you're, you know, don't be the fancy Dan sometimes. You know, as Harry Neal said, crushers who want to become rushers soon become ushers. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where they may be going with a couple of these guys. Anyway, I mean, he... He actually did land one heavy hit in the first, which was the first one I'd seen in a while in the first period. But okay. All right, Bruce, let's leave it there. Thanks for let's leave it on a heavy sigh. Yeah, well, that Harry oh. Neal, that Harry Neal line made me laugh, so we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> leave good. it on that. That was funny. All right, it thanks again, fun. Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.